Good morning again. Thanks for being here. My name is Joe. I get to uh, be in the Word with you uh, and look forward to that. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people pray. Did you know that? Uh, back in uh, 1995, Life Magazine did a, a study, and it, uh, the study said that 95% of the people in the United States of America pray. Isn't that crazy? Um, in Jesus' day, uh, a lot of people were praying. Uh, the passage that we're going to look at today talks about how not to pray as well as how to pray. And so uh, that, that's where we're, we're going to head. Um, last week, Chad introduced this message series, The Best Prayer Ever. And he also introduced a, an app. And that app you can find on our, um, on our app. Uh, some people are having trouble. So our very humble tech director, Paul, right? You're really humble, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah, uh, he would love to help you with that. If not, Chad will help you with that because is he in the room right now? <laughs> See, yeah, just go ahead. Ask Chad anything you want to um, <laughs> this week. Here's his cell phone number <laughs> on the screen. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you, Father, that it, um, it's food for our soul. It's light for our path. Thank you, Father, that you have made it so through the ministry of your spirit that it's living and it's active. And so, Father, I pray that you would uh, give us uh, humble hearts uh, before you this morning, uh, that we would learn exactly what you uh, want us to learn, that we would apply exactly what you want us to apply um, as we just open ourselves up to you and say, have your way, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So almost everyone prays. Um, in Jesus' day, this was true. In, in our day, it's true. Uh, it, it's just this common language, whether you're Hindu or whether you're Buddhist or is, if, if Islam is your faith structure, um, or even pagans or non-believers pray. Uh, it's just this common, common experience for the human being. I, I think it does reveal a biblical truth that says that God has placed in the heart of every one of his creation, his people, a hunger and a thirst for something outside of themselves. And so it, it is such a testimony to the truth of God's word, the way that he has created a human being. We have a space in us, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about, that we need uh, to have this, we have a need to have this relationship with this power outside of ourself. Prayer is the way uh, into that. And so we're going to talk about that from Matthew uh, chapter 6 is the passage that we're going to look at. And again, Jesus is going to teach here how not to pray and how to pray. And then we're going to just use uh, two words as we begin to talk about the best prayer ever this week. Um, but first of all, let's, let's listen to this passage of scripture and then let's, uh, let's get into it. Whenever you pray, Jesus, these are Jesus's words, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need 
before you ask them. And so the first thing that we learn about, from Jesus about prayer is how not to pray. And here's the first thing. Pray not for show, but to your Father. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? I don't know about you. I still am so conscious of myself and my words when I'm praying with other people. I, I'm ashamed to admit that, but I think way too much about what I'm saying oftentimes in prayer when other people are in the room. Anybody join me in that? I, I, I don't mean not to be focused on uh, my relationship with my heavenly father, but so often I find myself praying the way that Jesus says, Joe, don't pray that way. And, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, I think most of us have that, have that experience. Is that your experience too? I'm just too conscious of other people. Um, don't mean to be, uh, but I am. And so this was true in, in Jesus's day. It's true today. I, one of the things that we love about God's word is it's so relevant to right where we're at. It's relevant to me today. When I, when I was studying it this week, reading through it this week, I'm like, oh man, I can be such a hypocrite. I can be acting. I can get all dressed up and play Christianity in, in, in a group of people, but then I'm really only thinking about them. And so the first thing that, that we have to pay attention to if we're going to learn our prayer um, life from Jesus is that pray, we need to pray not for show, but to the Father. Okay, pretty simple. The second thing that we learn in, in these verses is pray not striving to be heard, but confidently in your Father. You know, sometimes it's just like, I don't think he heard me. I don't think he heard me. I don't think, right? So I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and before we know it, we're saying the same thing over and over. And, and we just think, well, if I would just say it this way now with a little bit more intensity, or if I would just, you know, have that right equation, A plus B will equal always God answering my prayer when I want my prayer to, right? We just, we're, we're so um, focused, Jesus says in this, in this text, teaching us, we're so focused on the wrong things. And so he says, don't babble. Don't use meaningless repetition. repetition. Um, and that word means what it means. Uh, if I just say it enough times and, and intensely enough. And then the last one, it says, and, and don't use many words. That phrase actually means don't speak anxiously. Have you ever been worried? When aren't you, right? And, and so the Lord says, when you come to pray... I don't want you to be worried. I just want you to come to me confidently. And parents know this. Grandparents already know this, right? Like, I am so blessed to have my mom and dad still living. They're 92 years old, live in their same house. They're probably watching this because my dad knows how to do technology at 92. There is a God, <laughs> right? And I love my relationship with my mom and dad, um, but I would never call them on the phone and just be like, oh, I, I hope you're listening to me. I hope you're listening. Oh, Lord God, might, almighty father, mother, you know, I, you, oh, you know, I'm so, uh, do you have time for me? It's none of that. Say, hey, mom, hey, dad, is this a good time to talk? It always is. <laughs> Um, how are you two doing? We're doing great. And, and, and then I want to say, you're 92. <laughs> right, no, no, we're doing great for 92. <laughs> how are you, honey? 
This is how the, every conversation goes. <laughs> um, what's going on? Really, really good to hear your voice. See, see, that's what Jesus is teaching us to do in prayer. But so often I am guilty of being so conscious of the people around me when I'm praying out loud that I'm not praying to the Father, I'm praying for the people. And I want to stop doing that. I'm, I try to, I'm conscious of that, and I try to do that. And, and, and maybe I'm getting a little bit better 46 years into my walk, but I can still fall into that. And the other part is, you know, I just feel like I got to be intense. I got to, you know, press in and, you know, get, just show God how passionate and th that I am, you know, somehow, some way, you know, get his attention. Um, and, oh, you know, I'm so worried about all these things and you don't seem to be answering my prayer, right? And, you know, so I'm probably doing something wrong, you know? And so I'm worried. And this is not at all what it's like on the Father's side. <laughs> and so I think Jesus gives us this simple but profound teaching when he is with his disciples, and he just says, here's how not to pray, here's how to pray, here's how not to pray, here's how to pray. And then he says, when you pray, say this, our Father. I cannot tell you this week how returning to this passage of scripture, I've had to be conscious when I'm in public and I'm walking in a store that I have had to, on a couple of occasions, literally tell my face not to be so happy because I don't want somebody to think I'm crazy. <laughs> because what God is inviting us into, what Jesus is inviting us into is into this relationship with our Father. And so three times in, in the first verses that we looked at, when you pray, pray to your Father. When you pray, pray to your Father. Third time, when you pray, pray to your Father. It is so important to Jesus Christ and his discipling of these people in the first century in this text and to us today that when we are going to grow in our prayer relationship, it begins and it ends on this truth. He, God Almighty, is our Father. <clears throat> Christianity is all about a transition from not being a child of God to being a child of God. Would you agree with that? It's, that's what it's about. It's about a transition from being an enemy of God into being part of the family of God. This is what Christianity is all about. It's all about being adopted into his family. I'll never forget the first adoption that Mary Beth and I got to um, witness. It was in about 1998, 1988, and it was with Bob and Heidi Major, and they had had several miscarriages, and they were praying, and and finally, um, they were chosen uh, by some, um, adopt, uh, some parent to adopt their little girl, Asia. And so we had the privilege of being invited to be part of that adoption. I will never forget the experience. 
this little Asia major who couldn't be taken care of by her mom and daddy um, were literally given to Bob and Heidi to be their child. Asia did not have a clue what was going on. It was all on the side of Bob and Heidi choosing to open their heart and their kitchen to this little girl for the rest of her life. And you would have thought Bob and Heidi had won the billion dollar, dollar lotto, right? And now, is it okay to say kicking butt in this room? <laughs> Just checking. Asia Major is kicking butt in her adult life. And it's because two human beings at some point in time in history decided that they wanted to open their heart up to a little girl <clears throat> and give her a chance to kick butt. <clears throat> and I love the story because it reminds me of what Jesus is trying to communicate with his disciples on the topic of prayer in this text. The first thing that he wants the prayer to know is that it's all about our Father. That's where it begins. That's where it sustains. That's where it ends always in this relationship because God Almighty has decided from his heart to adopt you and to adopt me. It was not our idea. Entirely his idea. Mary Beth and I were at a funeral yesterday in Casson, Minnesota. A 35-year-old young man lost his life to a brain um, aneurysm that bled. And <clears throat> Sam Olson um, is his name. And Sam is another um, one of those people that we got to know in our Hastings Church who was adopted from Korea. And Sam... When Sam, um, when, when Diane and, and John were at the St. Paul, Minneapolis airport waiting for their child to come through the customs and, and come into um, that area, Diane did, and so Diane spoke at the funeral yesterday, Sam's mommy. Diane says, this was the best day of my entire life when little Sam came through and I got to see him and hold him. I didn't know if I should cry or if I should laugh. So I cried and I laughed and I did a, and I did a dance. I couldn't contain myself. Oh, and this is the God that Jesus Christ is wanting to reveal to the human race. Before you were ever even born, he adopted you into his family before the foundations of the world. Is that biblical? That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. Read it and read it again 
and again and again and never forget it. It changes not only your prayer life, it changes everything about you. It makes you feel silly when you're out in public to the point where you, you feel like maybe you need to control your countenance a little bit. Because God has chosen me. He wants me. Even when I didn't want him. He wants to be my daddy. God Almighty. I think it's very telling in this text that Jesus Christ does not, when he's going to teach people how to pray, he does not say our King of kings and Lord of lords. Nothing wrong with that. That's who God Almighty is. But he does not teach that. He does not say, oh, holy and righteous one. He does not say, the, oh, God of the angel armies. <laughs> he stoops right down to us. And this is our Father. Our Father. That's how you pray. He wants you in his kitchen, at the table. He's got a place for you. That's where prayer starts and that's where prayer ends, at the table with him, making the food, serving the food in the presence of our enemies, according to Psalm 23, 6. I prepare a table for you, God Almighty says, in the presence of your enemies. This is, this is the God that Jesus is introducing his disciples to on the topic of prayer. So Jesus' prayer is all about the Father. Christianity is all about this transition from not being a child of God to being an adopted child of God, right? <clears throat> A non-believer is a person not yet adopted into God's family. Not yet knowing and experiencing what it's like to be a person that is invited into the kitchen of God Almighty to have a place at the table and dine with him and talk with him and laugh with him and talk about how they saw Satan absolutely ruined because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ in some... This is dinner talk. This is celebration at his table. But if you're a non-believer, you're not yet at the table and God's kitchen door is wide open for you. He wants you to come in there not when you get all cleaned up or not when you have the right sexual ethic or the right theological framework to think about him. He just says, come in and become part of my family and I'll take care of the rest in your life. Anybody? Anybody need some of that? Anybody know somebody that needs some of that? I don't know of anybody that does, including me. It's so easy for me to fall back in how, the how not to pray habits. I don't know about you. Rather than see myself the way that God Almighty wants me to see myself sitting at his table, at his invitation, 
Him providing what Joe McConkie needs. Him protecting Joe McConkie in the way that Joe needs to be protected. Him disciplining me as a, a child that he loves the way that I need to be disciplined so that I can share in his likeness. All of it happens in the kitchen. And it happens because of we have this perspective, our father. But something else happened to me this week. I, I've always thought about this phrase, our father, as a, more of an emphasis on, on our relationship horizontally in the body of Christ. That the our father, and you probably picked this up a long time ago. Um, but this week is just fresh for me. So just kind of hang in there with me a little bit as we all sit here at the, at the table of the Lord and kind of sharing what we're learning. This is Joe saying, I didn't ever see this before. I used to think that this prayer was all about unity in the body of Christ. And Joe, think about your brothers and sisters in Christ when you think about our father. Nothing wrong with that. It's there. But look, it, it occurred to me this time, who is teaching the prayer? And so Jesus Christ, when he says, when you pray, I want you to say, our father. You and I, Joe, are brothers. He is just as much your father, Joe, as he is my father. That's changing me. That's what made me smile crazily in Walmart a few times this week. I had to contain myself like someone's going to think, I had something in my pipe that I wasn't smoking. <laughs> it makes me happy. I can't help it. I am a human being that has a place at the table of God Almighty. Every moment of every day, his kitchen door is wide open. And the food is so good that he serves up. Better than anything else, right? The first song that we said, nothing is better than you. Nothing compares with him. <clears throat> um, I don't know about yet. I've been kind of the, had this love relationship with John chapter 17 for several years. It's this like open window into Jesus Christ's prayer life. And, and it just blows me away every time that I read it. And this time when I read it, um, I was, and I was reading in the NASB, my, the original Bible that I bought on February 6th of 1976. There was printed material back then. My NASB Bible has underlined in John 17 six times in that chapter that, says, that uses the phrase, even as, even as, even as, even as. I want, to just look, want us to look at one of them together. Verse uh, 23 in John 17. This is part of Jesus' prayer. I in them and you, Father, in me, May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. Awesome, right? Good. And love them even as you have loved me. Do you realize what that is saying? Do you realize whoever you are, 
No matter how you feel about how God feels about you, here's the truth of the matter is, he loves you even as he loves his son. That blows me away. That's a whole nother level of love, right? Would you agree? That, that takes, that, that, that's air I don't typically breathe in in my daily routine. But there it is, right there in the prayer of Jesus Christ. And there are six even as's in that prayer. You might want to go look at that. NIV uses the phrase just as. But even as Jesus, so these people, Lord, Father, oh my, I want you, I want you to do that work in them that you've done in me. I want them to know that you love them even as you love me. Whoa! There's not good enough stuff in a pipe for that. You can't find nothing better than that. It was good grammar, wasn't it? You can't find nothing better than that. I see you, teachers. <laughs> According to Jesus, prayer rises or falls not on the effort of the prayer, but on how a person views their relationship with God. Let me read it again. According to Jesus' Jesus, uh, prayer, according to Jesus, prayer rises or falls not on the effort of the prayer, which is oftentimes what happens to us, right? If I just pray more, harder, more intensely, if I get the right vocabulary going, you know, if I can be eloquent like those other people that always drive me crazy because they're so good at prayer. According to Jesus, prayer rises or falls not on the effort of the prayer, but on how a person views their relationship with God. This changes everything, not only in your prayer life, but everything about you. I just like this about our God. I don't know about you. I, I, I like being with you, but I, man, I just want to go to the kitchen all the time. Why would we go anywhere else? I think prayer is the act of staying in the kitchen all day long with him. What does Jesus say to the church at Laodicea in, in Revelation 3? It's a church that was really giving themselves away to other idols. And it says that Jesus is knocking on the door. I just want to come in and I want to dine with you and you with me. I want to be with you. I want us to enjoy one another. In in, in just a little while, we're going to sing three worship songs at the end of our... uh, We're not ready yet. Um, and so I want you to think of when we sing those songs, I want you to think about what it might be like and what we might be talking about at the table when we're in the kitchen with God. It's these things, celebrating these truths, celebrating these realities, these victories, these incredible things. That's what it's like in there. Do you need some of that? I need some of that. Do you kind of wish we could do this like every moment of every day, especially because his life is so hard out there? Anybody else? 
And so I so easily go back into my hypocritical prayer life. I don't know about, you know what? I know I should be better. I so easily can get back into this old religious mode with God rather than just this intimate relationship between a father and a child. I, I wish I could be more profound for you. I wish I could be more like give you something. It's like, oh my goodness, I never saw that in scripture. That is so, that's not here. I don't think of, there's anything more profound that God Almighty who has all of the power and all of creation and all of eternity has decided to let us see him as daddy. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more profound for a human soul to know that. Anybody with me on that? Amen. I just want you to be in my kitchen with me. It's not very religious. You know, kitchen has like dirty dishes. You know, we eat in the dining room. I don't know, God, he's probably like, okay, we'll break out that wall then if you want to eat in there. Because all I want, I, God says, all I want to do is I just want to be with you. Matter of fact, if we need to get some TV trays, okay. But we're going to be at home with one another. That's what Jesus is teaching in this prayer. Our Father. And so we're going we're gonna to have some worship time. So if the worship team would come on up and uh, be, um, wow, he is really getting done early with this message. <laughs> Susan, you come up and lead us, okay? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is anybody else just happy the way that God has set this whole thing in Christ up for us? I mean, my goodness, how, more, how much more simple and profound can it possibly be than God Almighty says, just come into my kitchen and be with me. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for some time together like this in your word to be cleansed by it to be renewed by it, to be reminded by it. And Father, um, maybe somebody is just ready to be adopted by you today in this room. So Father, I pray that however that happens, you working in a person's inner being, that you would do that work in them and give them the measure of courage and faith that they need to just invite <laughs> invite you to come and adopt them. Would you do that work? And others of us in this room, um, we get all religious when it comes to prayer rather than just this complete, profound idea, Jesus, that you said about our Father. And even though you're in heaven, God, you're here. And even though um, we can't, we don't understand it, um, you're all about gathering around tables, it seems like, in the scriptures. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us return to that table this morning, those of us who maybe kind of wandered away. Lord, help us to see us the way that you see us, as your adopted children, who you have chosen to open your arms wide to us, to hold us, and to help us grow up, to be healthy, 
body, soul, and spirit for your glory and by your grace. And so, Father, do something uh, in us this morning that only you can do as we spend some time worshiping you together. Let's stand up and worship.